0: Good morning, <clears throat> I'm Wimala. Today is Thursday, a cooler day here. We've had, usually August is the hottest month in the summer and our August started out hot, but we've had uh, cooler weather than we typically do. So everything's changing. So we're reading, we'll read first and then we'll sit together the reading may give you something just to have in your mind. The reading uh, might just relax you so your body's ready to sit. But so I'm reading from Sharon Salzberg's book, A Heart as Wide as the World. And I really am liking this book. <clears throat> so I am just picking things out of it. Here's one, this is an interesting, the practice of transformation. Let's see, the first part is the spirit of meditation. The second is the practice of transformation. And the final section in the book is called living with wisdom and compassion. So they're all pretty interesting. So here's an interesting Maybe this is a little too long. Uh, I might come back to that another time. It's called, it's on personality types. Uh, Here's one. Well, let's go back to the first section. That might be a better idea. Resting the exhausted mind I like that title. Uh, We read, Seeing Our Way Through Doubt, and this is the one that just follows Seeing Our Way Through Doubt, under the spirit of meditation. This is resting. (coughs) Excuse me, let me just, (coughs) let me get a tissue. Sorry for that. I felt like I had little tickles in my nose. (coughs) So hopefully that will go away. There must I think there's some kind of seasonal allergy that's getting to me these days. Okay. Now, before I start to read, I do want to mention something in case I forget to mention it again. Tomorrow I won't be posting. I have a doctor's appointment. Um, Some bad test results recently. (laughs) So, going going to get in and this is to see a new doctor. So. I won't. I won't post tomorrow morning, but I will Sunday. So um, it's good to see some of you. So this is resting the exhausted mind. <clears throat> when the Insight Meditation Society first opened, one of the teachers, Steve Armstrong created a mock brochure that featured the brilliant motto, it is better to do nothing than to waste your time. Although that motto never made it into our official presentation, it actually was an accurate description of insight meditation. <laughs> it is better to do nothing than to waste your time. Basically, we enter into mindfulness practice to learn how to do nothing, so as not to waste our time or our lives. We learn how not to act out the habitual tendencies we generally live by, those actions that create distress for ourselves and others and get us into so much trouble. Doing nothing, or what the Taoists call non-doing, does not mean shutting our minds off or going to sleep, but it does mean resting. Resting the mind by being present to whatever is happening in the moment. Without adding to it the effort of attempting to control it, non-doing means being at peace. Okay, my nose is dripping, so excuse me. Maybe I can do this off-camera. <laughs> Sorry about that. Non, non-being means being at peace. In our usual mind state, we are continually activating the process that in Buddhist terminology is known as bhava which literally literally means becoming, bhava, B-H-A-V-A. In this state of becoming, we are subtly leaning forward into the future, trying to have security, a feeling we can hold on to, trying to keep things from changing. That's that leaning into something too, can be too much, right? We are continually out of balance in this state, even uh, as we even try to feel the next breath while the present one is still happening. Do, Do you recognize that feeling? We are continually out of balance in this state, of that state of leaning forward into the future, as we even try to feel the next breath while the present one is still happening. When Buddhist teachers talk about letting go or abandoning or renouncing, they are talking about dropping the burden of becoming and returning our awareness to the natural center of our being, returning to a state of natural peace. The movement that is uniquely helpful in meditation is to come back, to relax, to let go of leaning forward. To let go of grasping, we can relax even from the anticipation of our next breath. We settle back, return to the present, and return to ourselves. This is what is meant by non doing. Meditation is not the construction of something foreign, it is not an effort to attain and then hold on to. A particular experience. We may have a secret desire that through meditation we will accumulate a stockpile of magical experiences or at least a trophy or two and then we will be able to display them for others to see. We may feel that we will increase our value as human beings by a process of spiritual acquisition gaining more goodness and purity, acquiring enlightenment and understanding with a certain sense of ownership and possessiveness, my enlightenment, my clear understanding. Our typical consumer culture mind (coughs) wants to view enlightenment as performance art or as social cachet. People will surely notice that I've been transformed. Letting go of this burdensome desire for acquisition and performance, we can just let the mind rest in ease. As my teacher, Nyo Shul Ken Rinpoche puts it, rest in natural great peace, this exhausted mind. Then rather than wasting our time, our doing nothing can lead us into the insightful and renewing rest of the timeless. I want to read one more, it's a short one too, that follows this and I think it, it uh, follows on well. The Torment of Continuity. While on my first retreat with Upandita, I diligently wrote down brief notes after each period of sitting and walking meditation. I did this so that I could describe my meditation experiences clearly to him in our interviews. I went in for one of my first interviews, prepared to make a presentation of my practice. As I began relating my meditation experiences, Pandita said, Never mind that. Tell me everything you noticed when you put on your shoes. I said, well, I didn't really pay tremendous attention to putting on my shoes. He told me to try again, and that was the end of the interview. I spent the rest of the day sitting, walking, and paying especially careful attention when putting on my shoes. Noticing the intentions, the movements, and the feelings The next day I went into my interview ready to report on my sitting, walking and putting on of shoes. When Upandita said, tell me everything you noticed when you washed your face. Sadly, I hadn't really paid any attention to washing my face. And I had to say, well, I didn't notice anything. My interview over, I went out to sit, walk, put on my shoes, and wash my face, all very mindfully. Every day Upandita would ask me a different question. Not knowing what he might come up with, soon I found I was practicing mindfulness in everything I was doing. Putting on my shoes, brushing my hair, brushing my teeth, washing my clothes, looking at my watch. At first it felt so burdensome every single moment. I had to pay attention. In my mind, I began calling this retreat the torment of continuity. However, soon I saw that the emphasis on continuity of awareness, excuse me, was a great gift. When I stopped resisting it opened up a deep and clear understanding of what meditation actually is. In traditional Buddhist teachings, there is a list called 19 ways to be mindful, and it covers just about every action of the body you might perform in a day. Besides noting that you can be mindful while sitting, lying down, standing, and walking, the list includes details such as being mindful when you're moving forward or backward, seeing forward and seeing sideways, being mindful when you're intentionally stretching and when you're bending your hands or legs or your body. It lists lists chewing food and drinking as times to be mindful. It includes putting on and taking off shoes, going to the bathroom, getting up from sleeping, opening your eyes. The list ends with being mindful when you have to talk and when you're keeping silence. The classical teachings indicate clearly that meditation isn't just about sitting and walking. Meditation includes everything we do. This practice that Upandita had given me, the torment of continuity, actually became a great relief. Instead of feeling that I had to drop whatever I was doing and rush into the meditation hall to have a great experience, I realized that whatever I was doing was exactly what I needed to be mindful of. Whether drinking a cup of tea or formally sitting in the hall, the practice was to be as present and aware as I possibly could stretching, bending, getting up, getting down, seeing, hearing, tasting, every step I took toward the meditation hall was as important as anything I experienced once I was sitting on my cushion. I didn't have to look for a wonderful experience or an unusual feeling. Meditation became a way of life. By the end of that retreat, any concepts I'd had about true meditation, happening only in formal practice, had been completely overturned. Something else of significance was laid to rest for me in this torment of continuity. Being mindful all the time meant there was no time to judge. I could no longer look back on a sitting, for example, and try to decide if it had been a good sitting or a bad sitting. Because in the very act of getting up, I had to pay attention to what I was experiencing right then. If my attention wandered, as it tended to do, there was always something that was happening right in that moment to refocus on. A taste, a sound, a moment of bending or the sensation of touch. There was no time to despair, thinking, where have I been? Why did I let that happen? What kind of a meditator am I? Once the burden of judgment and evaluation dropped away, each moment became equally precious and important. In the torment of continuity, I realized to the deepest level of my being that there is nothing needed outside of what is happening right now and right now and right now for the realization of mindfulness. Our goal is not in the distant future. It is right now in whatever activity is happening." I really like that one. That's that's great. I want to find that the uh, I want to find if there is a list I've never heard of the nineteen ways to be mindful, but I'm sure they come from the Buddha. Uh, the in the in the Sati he talks to his students when they're uh, meditating. You know, all of the uh, the positions that you're in, and everything you do during the day, uh, all the little activities we don't think sometimes to be mindful of. Uh, so it'd be great if I find that I'll post it. If there's a specific list written out of all those things. So why don't we sit? I hope you like that as much as I did. Thought it was it was very good uh, to remember. So why don't we sit? We have about ten minutes. I started a little late. Just sit, let your body relax and just be. Just be mindful of how you are sitting. Speak in with the mindfulness about your posture. Uh, not correcting it, just being mindful. Maybe mindful of how you move into your posture for meditation. And that meditation is going to carry us through the entire day, right? I mean, because we'll be mindful of everything we're just doing during the day. Now this is our sitting practice and the rest of the day is the real meditation. Just begin being aware of the breath. At the beginning, try to bring all of your parts together into the present moment. Your mind may be somewhere else. Your heart may be somewhere else. Bring that all together and just be in the present moment. Just Be aware of what's coming to you through your sense doors. That includes our mind. So you can be aware of the thoughts that are rising up, but you don't need to feed them with your attention. You can be, be aware of them, be mindful of them, without getting... Uh, pulled away into them what's going on in the other parts of your body. Aware of the feelings of pleasant, non-pleasant, or neutral. Keep coming back to your breath. Whenever you get distracted, just come back to the breath. And we're distracted when our thoughts take over. So let go of the thoughts. come back to pure awareness. Now, as we come to the end of our practice, may everything we do and say and think today not only be of benefit to ourselves, but of value and benefit to all living beings everywhere. May our mindfulness practice Help us see each moment as precious and be aware of the smallest things and how that can affect even the greatest things. So maybe peace be with you and remember no talk uh, tomorrow morning but I'll see you again on Sunday. Take care.